0: In this episode, I speak with Megan field former attorney turned herbalist and gardener at Walking Wild Herbs in Shepherdstown, West Virginia. We have a conversation about using herbal teas and various herbs as both uh, a comfort food, so to speak, as well as uh, the medicinal and healthy lifestyle supporting benefits that they provide the value of using local gardening and local farms for her high-grade quality organic materials that she uses to create her tea blends. Uh, She also offers gardening classes. And with the current state we're in, with uh, COVID circumstance, she has been offering these classes remotely. You can check out the link in the show notes. So listen, learn about Herbal remedies as well as home gardening. Enjoy. Okay, my guest today on the episode is Megan Wakefield, founder herbalist and gardener at Walking Wild Herbs. Megan, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So um, it's great to have you. You know, as we were talking offline, you know, I've been digging into herbs a little bit lately. I've always been a bit of a a tea drinker, grew up that way, and then adding different types of teas. I'm a bit of a drink geek, <laughs> constantly trying <laughs> different different drinks. And so I'm anxious to get into uh, not just kind of the flavors of it, but obviously the medicinal and healthy benefits of herbal drinks and teas. But um, before we kind of get into the company, why don't we give a little bit of background about you, kind of how you got there and and your path to ownership of Walking Wild Herbs and how you started
1: Sure. Yeah. My, my path is a little windy, but if you'll, uh, uh, yeah, (laughs) I, um, I, um, as a child, um, my grandmother was a fantastic gardener is a fantastic gardener and, um, she owned an herb shop, uh, and, and a mail delivery business for, for, for herbs, uh, when I was a child. And so my earliest childhood memories are you know, harvesting lavender with her and, um, making, you know, time and space for, for tea parties, for things we gather in the garden and, um, you know, seeing herbs drying from the rafters and that kind of thing. So as a, my earliest kind of formative connection to plants was, was through my grandmother. Um, I grew up, I went to law school and while I was in law school, I, uh, started finding myself called back toward plants. I had been, you know, just really on that academic path for a long time, really focused on that. And when I came out of law school and first started my first like legal desk job, I found myself really needing that call back to the earth and being connected back toward plants. Um, I started growing a garden. I started volunteering on the weekends at a farm. um, And I also enrolled myself in an herbalism uh, course. And so you know, I, I was doing that kind of in conjunction with my legal career and I still am to a certain extent, but um, what ended up happening is I had this amazing opportunity. My um, my partner wanted to study uh, to do his master's in Europe and so I had this choice and I, I ended up kind of taking leave from my legal work and throwing myself kind of all into working on farms and uh, learning how to grow plants and uh, it kind of manifested in this really interesting project where I thought, well, I want to, you know, be growing plants and talking with people about plants, be educating about um, all this knowledge that I've gained about growing plants, but then also using this herbal education to be able to talk with people about um, supporting their own health through both the use of of medicinal herbs and the practice of gardening. Um, And kind of in between those two, also in the practice of Uh, taking time and taking space to sit down and enjoy a cup of tea to be able to like create ritual and ceremony in your daily life. um, That allows for some for some space and some healing as well just in the in the actual ritual of it. So Walking Wild kind of started as doing garden consultation and a little education. Um, I ended up uh, starting to sell a line of herbal teas that I have created. um, And it's manifested in all kinds of different ways. I've got nice Uh, all kinds of cool collaborations with um lots of business owners in the area to to focus on um, bringing healthy food and drink to people in the area and creating community around um around these these ideas so it's it's kind of a a a smattering of things and it's a little all over the place but it's really wonderful because it's been this really natural growth of um yeah just following the plants (laughs) (laughs) That's a fun
0: evolution uh, of just kind of how, you know, this longstanding family related connection has evolved into, you know, passion and purpose um, that is, you know, always been timely, but especially now it seems where um, just, and like you said, reconnecting, you know, I think we've gotten so far away with the processed foods and easy access to grocery stores, which is great. Uh, It's not obviously not. Mm -hmm. writing that but understanding the origination of where foods come from particularly plants and herbs and things of that nature
1: yeah yeah and having the opportunity to engage with them kind of wherever you are right like if um if people don't have access to a great big garden and and you know the uh, time and space to be able to cultivate all their own food and maybe they do get their food from the grocery store at least you know thinking okay can I maybe make some seasonal choices to connect myself with, with the changes of the season, or can I grow a, a pot of herbs on my windowsill or on my patio and be able to engage with plants in that way? And, you know, I've lived in lots of different places over the past um, 10 years, including, you know, traveling in Europe and, and not having um, a steady place to, to root. Um, and so throughout this whole process, even when I haven't had access to a garden, having this knowledge has given me the opportunity to kind of seek out that rooting and connection with plants, you know, anywhere I am. Um, so it's been, yeah, it's a nice, um, very flexible <laughs> path.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, it could be like you said around, you kind of touched on it and we can dig deeper in a, in a minute, but like the gardening piece the kind of the therapeutic yes, digging in the dirt, just relax, but working. And just yeah. something to kind of work through. I mean, I, I enjoy getting out in the yard and doing some things because you can kind of see the beginning, progress, and end to it, but also just kind of getting outside and breathing the air a little bit.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
0: So um, so Walking Wild Herbs, let's dig into the company a little bit. You mentioned the different blends. Um, you mentioned the long history of the kind of the, the healthy supporting lifestyle. Maybe we can expand a little bit on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm trained in, as a Western herbalist, which just means that the the cultural tradition that my herbalism training comes from is from Western Europe. Um, there's obviously, you know, as many cultural traditions of, of herbalism as there are people right. <laughs> that have ever lived. Um, but, and, you know, and, and there's a very long history of, of herbal support, um, Pretty much since people have been around, sure. um, And so, you know, my version of herbalism has been through this Western herbalism lens, but then also I've really taken to heart this practice of creating a relationship with a whole plant. So I, in my blends with walking wild herbs um, focus less on, you know, like what herb is good for this or like one, you know, what constituents are, you know, have certain actions. I'm cognizant of those qualities, but I really try to create blends that are wholly supportive so that the, um, you know, I want the herbs that I'm I'm including in a blend to be balancing. So if something is really energizing, I'll balance it with something that's kind of focusing, kind of rooting, calming. I try to kind of Offer um, small shifts with my with my tea, something that's supportive and helps people kind of return to their self healing quality, Mm -hmm. rather than like, oh, I've got to take my tea um, because it's my you know medicine that's going to lower my blood pressure or something like that. Um, Which isn't to say that that's not the case. There are lots of herbalists that use plants in that way, and that's really a wonderful practice. But the way that I've kind of incorporated herbalism into my tea blends is something that is really focused on flavor. I want it to taste delicious. Um, and, you know, not every herb that's good for you tastes delicious. This is true. This is so true. I, I try to make blends that are really um, that you look forward to enjoying that you would want to set aside some time to, you know, stand quietly and, boil your water and then you know infuse the herbs and then sit and wait and smell and you know like I really try to create blends that are this like that create an experience around them um but then also ones that yeah that are, are supportive encouraging of self-healing and can kind of be a nudge so some of the blends for example um we have one blend a number of my blends are kind of even though I'm using my own western herbalist uh, experience a couple of the blends i've put together i created through the ayurvedic lens so that's the indian um approach to herbalism and you know utilized kind of some of those herbs that we don't naturally grow here or in western europe things like ginger and turmeric and black pepper and that kinds of things but that blend for example is really energizing but not so much so that it, you know it's got a bunch of caffeine in it or anything it has no tea in it. it's just, Right purely herbal energizing tea. Um, and it works incredibly well for people who are looking for more movement or more, more energy in their day. For me as a really fiery energetic person, it's actually not my blend. Like I love how it tastes, but if I drink it, I kind of find myself, ah, you know, a feeling a little, over, yeah, a little jittery, a little jittery, a little overwhelmed. Um, so for me, there are other blends in kind of the range that I, of, of teas that I create um, that are more appropriate for me. And it's really fun. You know, I I sell my teas both online and at a farmer's market. And, um, it's really fun for me at the farmer's market. I have little smelling jars of each blend, and people have these really funny reactions when they even smell the blend, they know right away, whether it's right for them or wrong for them. Yeah. And, um, it often is somebody will say, well, I actually don't like, uh, rosemary, but this blend smells really good to me. And it's, you know, usually that's an indication that, Oh, okay. Like your body's asking for that blend. It's, it's called to it. It's something that is worth exploring. Um, even if traditionally I'm not a person who loves rosemary or I'm not a person who likes chamomile or whatever it is. Um, yeah. yeah, So it's been, it's been really fun to kind of engage with people directly around these blends too, and kind of see how they, um, interact with different people.
0: Yeah. And you, you bring up an interesting point of, um, using other sensories to kind of drive the consideration right Mm. like aromatherapy almost of the blends and coming together with those scents and like various things whether it's music or or flowers they bring back memories and just a particular state that you may want to be in and it sounds kind of that's where you're going is like uh, i'll call it that state management maybe more often deregulating yourself to kind of calm and enjoy the moment or
1: yeah. uh, Yeah. I, um, I had a consultation with a lady this week who, who contacted me and said, you know, I'm feeling called to lavender. I think I want to grow it in my garden, but I don't know how to use it. Like, how would you use lavender? And it was such a, a beautiful, uh, recognition, of of being called to something you know like if you smell a scent and it has it's reminiscent of something in your childhood or you um taste an herb and think i don't know why but i really want some more of this there probably is like a chemical reason why that has to do with something in the plant but um but more uh present in your life, you can say, okay, I'm going to follow that. I'm going to lead into it. And like, okay, maybe, you know, lavender has a lot of wonderful qualities, but one of them is that it's a really beautiful nervine. It's really soothing to the nervous system. It can be something you can incorporate in teas, but you can also incorporate it in a bath or just bringing it in your home and drying it, hanging it, um, you know, and, and if you're feeling like, oh, I think I might want to incorporate lavender in my garden, it's very, very worthwhile to just then try it. Try it. Spend the time to tend the plant in the garden, but also bring it indoors. Taste it, smell it, engage with it in these different ways, and, and kind of for yourself discover how does it support me best.
0: Right. So it's interesting. So you do consultations when it comes to that, like kind of personalizing your tea consumption.
1: If people want that for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this in particular was a garden consultation, so it was okay. about gardening, but yes, I do offer garden consultation, but as well, if somebody wants to just talk herbs, I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm always on board for that. You know, I'm, I'm not a clinical herbalist in the sense that I wouldn't say like meet with somebody and help them treat an illness. For sure. sure. But, um, absolutely. If people have questions about, uh, what herbs they're feeling called to or how to use a certain plant or how to grow a certain plant, um, that's certainly something that, that I'm, I love talking about.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And you probably, based on your experience, you know, you can provide directional guidance around, you know, Oh, I'm struggling to sleep or I'm feeling under the weather. Maybe take this blend or this type of tea.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I always do that, you know, even with, with friends and family, Um, the suggestions that I make are invitations to, to do, to explore, you know, so I I'll say, you know, I've, read or i've experienced in my own experience that this plant might be helpful for you why don't you you know take take some time to explore it and you know and often um kind of the old herbalist trick is you only experiment with one plant at a time so that you know how it impacts your body so like you know if, if somebody comes to me and says yeah i'm having trouble with sleep um I've often said, you know, for me, a blend that really works well for encouraging sleep for me are the three, lemon balm, chamomile, and lavender. And they make a really beautiful tea together. They're really like a wonderfully supportive Nervine tonic. Um, I really enjoy them. And I might say to somebody, you could try that blend. Or if one in particular is really attracting you, if you're really interested in chamomile, maybe just start with that plant. And see how it feels on your body and then maybe introduce another plant, maybe introduce lemon balm or introduce um, lavender, uh, just to see just as a, as a, you know, approaching it with a sense of curiosity and participation with your body in, in the pursuit of health or in the pursuit of balance.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great practice, you know, that, that is kind of the framework for life is just trying things, not too many things at one time, yeah. <laughs> to really understand how you how you respond. You know whether mm-hmm. it's food or like you were saying with the different herbs and teas to yeah. see how your body responds to it. Because we all mm-hmm. respond differently. You know, I say this; and I've probably said it before in another episode, but um, you know, we're all walking chemistry sets, and there's a lot of generalizations on things, but each one of us may respond differently um, right. to whatever that is. Right. So, so when it comes to the process of, you know, the company and doing the teas, how do you go from a gardening? Are you organic? Are you, how do you focus on that aspect of it to produce the quality that you you produce?
1: Yeah, yeah. So my um, home gardening practices are, yeah, completely um, you know, organic and and kind of and I focus on regenerative, so I try to focus on improving the soil. Um we just moved here to a new home um this year or within the past year. And um so you know everything we're starting from scratch here with the soil, which is really fun. Um <laughs> stripping uh, sod and, and starting to put in um plants and build up soil. So my focus is very much on regenerative. Um, Uh, growth. But that said, you know, I I grow some of the herbs that I use in my teas, but I don't have enough. Um, (laughs) I I sell more tea than I grow. So I I do buy in a lot of my herbs. So when I'm looking for things to buy, I'm looking for organic, that's a a, a non-negotiable on the herbs that I buy. Um, I also look for uh, high quality so I'll taste herbs before I buy them in bulk. Um, I want to know that herbs were dried properly um, and that they are fresh. So when you kind of when you're looking at herbs and trying to determine if they're fresh, you really want the plant to look and smell and taste, pretty much the same as it did when it was fresh, when it was, when it was uh, before it's been dried. So I look for, if something is green, for example, I want it to have a really bright, vibrant green uh, color in the dried herb. And when I taste it, it should infuse the water and um, create an aroma when the boiling water touches the plant. And so I'm just really engaging with the plant really deeply when I'm trying it out to see, is this a really high quality plant? Was it dried properly, um, you know, was it packaged and stored properly? Uh, And yeah, so I try my best to find the very highest quality herbs that I can use in my teas. I want them to be as fresh as possible. I've been also focusing on um, trying to find local sources for my uh, herbs. And so that's a practice, you know, finding um, each and every little herb is grown by a different farmer. Um, so I'm trying to find, you know, different local farmers to try to bring those sources more, more close to home. Um, and that's something too, that's really useful in, in health, um, and and in choosing herbs that are really full of those really wonderful constituents that are going to provide, um, a lot of support for us. Like something that is fresh is going to have more, um, more of the chemical uh, compounds in it that, that create those medicinal benefits, you know, the closer to the, to when it was in the ground, the right. better. So I'm looking for fresh herbs, but also those local herbs have the opportunity to, first of all, come to me more quickly um, and be put into these more quickly, but also they have uh, been grown here. So grown in our own soil with our own pollinators, with our own water and a super local herb actually can be more um, supportive, more healthful for uh, for the person, for the body, um, just because of our environments. So like nettles is a, is a plant that I consume every day. Stinging nettles is just a common weed. Um, but it's really got wonderful qualities, all kinds of wonderful qualities. It's got a lot of vitamins and minerals in it. It's got iron and calcium. It's like a really healthful herb, but also it has um, an antihistamine quality. So it's really wonderful for times like right now um, when there's a lot of, aller- there are a lot of um, allergens in the air it can be really supportive for allergies, but most, it, most specifically, even if you can be able to get local locally grown metals um, can be just really wonderful. And, you know, mixed in a tea with some local honey is a really like great, lo- very hyper localized way to address something that, is a seasonal shift. It you know invites us to look up and look outside and say, "Hey, it's spring," um, and then also you know call on those herbal supports that provide um, provide some help.
0: <laughs> awesome, that's interesting. I'm gonna have to check that out. I definitely this is def for me high time for allergies yes. with hay fever and spring is sprung and probably because our winter wasn't much of one.
1: Right,
0: uh, things gonna be blooming and. You know, exponentially.
1: Yes. this season. Well, <laughs> yes, that's the case. Yeah, um, and a lot of things are blooming at the same time. You know, right. because we had such a warm uh, winter and then such a quick warm up last month. Yes, right. there's a lot of pollen in the air for sure. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. So when it comes to um, you know, the gardening classes you said mm-hmm. you offer. So how long have you been offering those, and what kind of classes? What could someone expect? That. Yeah,
1: that's actually a super new one for me. I had before just been doing one-on-one garden consultations. I'd go to people's homes and talk to them about their garden and help, you know, create a design for them. Um, this garden class idea was um just this spring. Uh uh somebody approached me and said, You know, we're interested in doing some classes. Would you be interested in teaching a garden class? And it was gonna be um at, for those who are local at, for goodness sake, in uh, in Leesburg, that, it's a small, wonderful, um, wellness-focused grocery store. And so we were going to be doing that there in person. And when this coronavirus hit, we decided to shift it virtually. Um, so I served it for the first time just over the past month. It was four weeks of um, one hour a week. And... Um, focused on specifically for beginner gardeners and for small spaces. So people gardening on patios, on balconies, or in a small backyard. Um, and it went really wonderfully. It was such a delight. It was absolutely the highlight of my week to be able to join these beginner gardeners. And they were so engaged in asking wonderful questions, um, that I am offering it again. So it's starting again next Thursday and it's going to be another four week beginner small space garden series. Um, And I try to cover kind of everything you'd need to know to get started. So we focus on soil and focus on choosing the right kinds of containers or building containers. Um, you know, and then what do you, what kind of soil are you going to use? how do you select plants or seeds? Um, how do you start seeds? Or if you're going to buy plant starts, you know, getting them in the ground, how do you make sure that they're healthy? Uh, we talk about fertilizing and pest and disease control. And then we focus a lot toward the end amp- on um, amplifying your, harv- your harvest. So if you really were going to try to um, grow enough food and herbs for your family in your small space, which is absolutely doable, um, how do you plan to do that and how do you um, maximize harvest? So we try to pack a whole bunch into just four weeks um, of, of one-hour sessions. But it's a really nice overview. People get a chance to ask a lot of questions. And uh, it, what was cool to watch in this last time we, we offered the class was how many people started their garden. Within those four weeks, started the garden, started seeing things pop up above the soil. And, um, you know, it was, it was really wonderful. It's kind of a quick get-started um,
0: that's, that sounds like a lot of fun. I know my daughters have been asking to start something. So, um, so you're saying you, you don't, when you start it, you don't necessarily have to have the garden just yet, but
1: oh, no. yeah, the, the very first week is, you know, pick your pot, you know, pick your, pick your area <laughs> of your garden where you're going to um, plant, you know, and taking the time to observe the garden is an incredibly important step that kind of can't be skipped. Um, you know, Even here, like we're in a new home, we were able to spend the first, uh, like six or seven months in this home, just watching the garden and seeing, you know, where does rain collect and where is there, where, how does the sun move and in the spring versus the summer versus the winter, where's their shade. And, um, and it's very worthwhile to take the time to observe your garden space and choose a location, um, and a size of garden that's manageable. Um, You know, one of the things I always kind of talk about is a garden, the most important ingredient for a garden, more important than water or sunlight or nutrients or anything is access to you, the gardener. So picking a garden space that is one that you can easily access that you want to go out and spend time in every day um, because that's going to be the most valuable asset for a successful garden is going to be you. So, you know, you absolutely don't need to have already laid out your plot and, and, you know, amended your soil and ready to put things in the ground to join the course. It's definitely like you can be just in dream phase (laughs) and, um, and start from, from there.
0: Great. And it sounds like, you know, like a lot of things, uh, awareness and observation you're saying is just to understand the context of what's going to work best Mm. to get the most out of the garden.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, um, what I teach in gardening, but also a lot of the intention behind walking wild uh, in, in its entirety, is about taking time and moving slowly and uh, being in silence. You know, um, That's a lot of, of what's really beautiful about gardening. It's a lot of the lessons um, that garden ha- gardening and tea consumption and herbal medicine, all of those have a lot to teach us. But one of the things is teaching us how to stand still and observe, um, and and that's yeah it's a really beautiful practice for gardening but it's also it's a great practice for life to know how to stand still
0: (laughs) yeah yeah that patient persistence and Mm -hmm. just the value of slowing down a little bit um you know that's kind of the one of the key principles of even initiating the podcast was Mm -hmm. i noticed for myself you know you're close to the dc metro area we're in a hyper accelerated environment go 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 And sometimes you just got to slow down and literally smell the roses or the lavender or whatever is growing in your garden at the time.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Well, um, Megan, I've really enjoyed the conversation, really digging into this uh, herbal conversation. Any other things that I didn't touch on yet that might be of value to help folks understand, you know, the the benefits of herbs uh, and as part of their kind of healthy lifestyle.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would just say, um, you know, the most important thing is just trying something, you know, if you have this spark of curiosity toward gardening or a spark of curiosity toward tea or toward herbal medicine, um, just try something, you know, I'm actually like, I came at this from the very beginning. Like I said, I was in law school when I first kind of refound plants and my approach was like, okay, I'm going to learn absolutely everything there is to learn before I even taste a tea or before I even plant, you know, grow a plant. And, um, I would I would discourage that. I would say if you have the curiosity, if you have the interest, go ahead and you know get a plant to put on your windowsill, or go ahead and um, buy some dried herbs that sound, that smell good to you, and start tasting them in teas, and start experimenting them with, with them in your cooking. Um, just give something a try. And then, you know, have enough grace with yourself and enough space and curiosity that if it doesn't work, if a plant dies, it doesn't mean you're a bad plant parent or you've got a black thumb. It just, you know, it's a learning experience. It's something to learn from and, and um, should, could encourage uh, more exploration. And um, that's one thing that, you know, I think is just really important in these spaces of um Taking control of your own wellness, or taking control of your of your access to the outdoors, or of your um, your health, is think okay. What can I try right now today? And you know, this is a practice in my own garden. While we've been at home during this coronavirus experience, it's been so important, and so it's a lesson I keep relearning. Is I am somebody who I've done this a lot on a professional scale of of you know gardening and farming, and I'm used to doing things kind of the right way. And right now I don't have access to everything that I need. I, I don't have all the resources I normally would have. I'm not running up to, you know, the local plant nursery to get what I need. And so I'm, I'm being creative with what I have at home and building my gardens and preparing my soil with what I've got. And it's such a great lesson to learn. Um, it's such a great lesson to learn what exactly... Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a great lesson to learn what uh, what you can do with what you have
0: that's awesome so uh, before we close out um, ask uh, three kind of personal questions uh, what are you reading right
1: now oh wow that's so cool I actually have it right here so I'm reading I'm rereading actually and this is a, a book that I don't I don't even remember reading it through the first time, but I'm sure it's a great resource. But I just started re- rereading it last night. It's this uh, book called The Traditional Practice of uh, Western Herbalism. It's by Matthew Wood. He's a um, a really well known and well well respected um, Western herbalist. But it's just been really interesting because I, I often you know read these resources and then place them on the shelf and and I learn something and, and then it falls out of my head. And so I've I've been kind of revisiting a lot of these um a lot of these books you know while i'm at home and so yeah i just restarted that one yesterday it's been a real joy
0: awesome so what are you listening to music or podcast
1: um so podcast i always am listening to cultivating space um it's an amazing podcast about gardening and about um you know all every all things plants it's a really wonderful one um that one i listen to a lot uh with music i've been really called to like these um like i've been listening to the cat stevens radio on spotify <laughs> <laughs> i'm like very much like that ba- i'm just like back in the like that, that space right now um, 70s folk 70s folk you know yep. i mean like that's always kind of my jam but right now i'm, <laughs> I'm really in it. Um, <laughs> yeah yeah that's where that's where I'm at with music
0: awesome uh all right last one but what is your rest and recovery
1: method yeah yeah that one is is, it's constant through my day so you know I my my natural waking up state is one of go 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 so I have every morning this reminder where I jump out of bed and I start brewing coffee and then I think okay now it's time to rest for a minute (laughs) check in, take some space, take some deep breaths, I do a little grounding practice. Um, And then I do, you know, and a lot of people do ask me, like, as a tea person, do I still drink coffee? And the answer is yes, like, I do still drink coffee in the morning. Um, And then I drink my tea throughout the day as a support. Um, So that's one of my practices is just grounding in the morning, Um, then I go out in my garden, and I check on everything. Uh, I see if anything needs water, if anything needs weeding. And then I um, usually harvest, like right now, I'm drinking a tea of just a couple leaves from a bunch of different plants um, that I collected as I was walking through my garden this morning. Um, and then I do take uh, some time in the afternoon as well to do the same, to go back outside, walk through my garden, make any you know, adjustments or work on any projects that the garden needs and uh, eight, hours of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> eight hours of sleep.
0: Very important. Very important. Yes. <laughs> well, Megan again, uh, thank you so much Um, Where can people find you on the internet and learn more about the classes you offer?
1: Sure. Yeah. The primary place you'll find me is on Instagram at walking wild herbs. And I also have a website. It's walkingwild.org.
0: Great. Megan, again, thank you for the time. This has been uh, really educational for me and uh, you know, give me some new blends to try. Uh, As I said earlier, I'm a bit of a, a, beverage geek and constantly Mm. trying different teas and you know you mentioned some of the the Indian blends traditional Indian blends with turmeric and ashwagandha and Mm. some of the others but yeah so thank you so much for the time grateful for it and uh have a great day
1: thank you so much Scott appreciate it
0: Thank you for listening to this episode. Lots of great practical tips covered here today. And if you know someone who could get some value out of this episode, please share. Be super grateful. Uh, We're all about being well and improving our our life. And so if someone can get value out of this, please remember to uh, subscribe, review, and share. Again, grateful for you.
1: Remember, be rested, be well.